It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we begin Live Bet Saturday. Dave Ross, Mike Palm coming at you here from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, downtown here at the Circus Sportsbook. Mike, how are you, my friend? Well, Dave, I'm glad that we're back together again. I, again, I thought it was contractually uh, a no-no, Tough. but they've put us together for the next three hours. So we'll see what the show bears. We've got a pretty good one uh, lined up. we got Colby Dent's going to join us uh, in hour number one. Our own producer extraordinaire, Brian Ortega, is going to join us to talk Oscars. I have some points of consternation with Brian every year about this, <laughs> like, what he sees and what Hollywood sees versus what you and I might see as a good movie. I don't think those things are always the same. Often are not the same. Right. Because yeah. Top Gun would win every year if I had my way. Uh, and then we're going to have uh, Andrew Cayley join us in hour number three as well from covers. So we got a lot to get to. We do have a lot of things in progress right now. I think they've just gone to the half in Tucson is Arizona coming up. That's I would say not stunning loss to Washington State. But in the aspect of you get swept by the Cougs in the regular season, taking it out on the Huskies so far. They were laying 17 for the game. They're up 17 at the half. Mike, did you? does that surprise you at all the way they're kind of rebounding today? No, it was a get-right spot for them. Uh, Mike Samich talked about that uh, on Visa.com, handicapping these angles of uh, fading a team off a high and backing a team off a bad loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this would have been one of those spots. And uh, so it doesn't surprise me. I didn't get involved in the game just because of the point spread was so high. Yeah. Again, it was going to be late or, or pass for me. Kind of wish I laid it at this point. So, again, right now that live number is Arizona 23 and a half at the half with the total now of 174 and a half. We're seeing Iowa State is up 10 on West Virginia. NC State right now. These games are all at, at halftime, by the way. Iowa State in the live number 17 and a half. Uh, up by 10. NC State, don't turn your back in the Wolfpack. They're up 12 on BC, so the live number there is 11.5. Again, up 12 as they hit the break. And uh, maybe a bit of a surprise here is, I felt like Wake Forest was kind of taking some money uh, leading up to this game with Duke, but the Blue Devils do have a two-point lead at the half. 38-36 Blue Devils. The live number there is 1.5. Yeah, I thought about... So I'm on Carolina later at 1 o'clock at Virginia. Um, laid laid a short number in that game. I laid uh, I laid one and a half uh, yesterday. Uh, I know it's up to two two and a half now. I thought about actually putting them together, the two ACC leaders, uh, Duke and uh, Wake Forest, and this number kept shrinking. I said, "What am I missing on the game?" And so I took a pass on it. And that's exactly the way I kind of looked at it too. I was like, "Man, I, well, why all of a sudden?" What, it, it, it's it just felt a little bit too fishy for me, so I stayed away as well. Uh, with the Duke Blue Devils right now up by two at the break, you see Carolina, the game you are interested in, at Virginia. Boy, I, I, look, you won a national championship. With Tony Bennett, I don't know you sold your soul with with that pack line defense. It is a struggle to watch them try to score. Is the handicap here that just boy, unless they can find some offense, you got to like the Tar Heels. I watched the whole game against Virginia Tech. I mean, that's, oh. they scored two points in the last ten minutes of the first half. 
Against a team that Carolina went wire to wire on, they covered the number for me last week. I get it. It's home and it's home. But how does Virginia score with Carolina? How do they they deal with their size? And they just they watch them shoot the basketball. I mean, there's just no there's nobody that when they put the ball up, you think, boy, that's going in. Right. And uh, I, I know they can play defense, but they just can't score enough. So I think Carolina can get this tro- control of this game. I know it'll be a great atmosphere at the J. Uh, JPJ there, but uh, I just don't think they have enough offensively. Yeah, you look at the total two of one thirty and a half. You go, boy, if you're back, if you're playing the over, you better hope Carolina is putting up at least eighty <laughs> to possibly get that home for you. It is amazing when you look at Virginia in totality. And again, you know, if they're a tournament team, of course, I, yeah. I believe they will be. But we're talking about a team that used to be a number one seed, yeah. became the first number one seed to lose to a sixteen, and then somehow flipped the script and won the national championship the very next year. I mean, that's kind of the 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 highs and lows of of a Virginia coach, a, a team with Tony Bennett as head coach, won a national championship and also became part of history uh, the other way too. How do you view them overall? With this is the way they play, this is the way they've played for years. And I don't see it changing anytime soon. I just don't think they're as talented enough, this version of them, right? And it, it's okay. I mean, I watched I watched his dad coach at Wisconsin, yep. and we watched Tony at Washington State. So speaking of teams having a good year uh, and, and that whole style, but I don't know that they're talented enough um, offensively. you got to have one or two guys you can go to to score. And if they're the third best team in the ACC, which they clearly are by record, yeah, this is a really down conference. Uh, speaking of down, uh, it felt like, UNC, Hubert Davis, we didn't know exactly what it's going to look like with him taking over the helm. This feels like a good Carolina team. Can it can it be a tournament team that, that makes a deep run in your estimation? I have a hard time backing them or Duke just because throughout the course of this whole conference season, they're not having to face it night in and night out. I know nobody wins on the road, and so right. this is right, but they just don't. I mean, we all know how good the Big 12 is. The SEC is loaded, too. Yeah. I mean, there's no easy outs in that. That SEC... You're playing 10 quality teams in that league. It's just not so in the ACC. So I know they went and they played out of conference. They beat Tennessee at home. That was impressive. They played UConn in New York, right? They, they played the teams in the out of conference. Well, that's a long time ago. Uh, and then you get into this rut of playing these mediocre teams for two months. I don't know. Can you turn it on and make a run in the tournament? I would tend to fade either of the two top teams in the ACC making the Final Four. You know, we're going to talk about Kentucky and their matchup with Alabama later, but you see those blue bloods on the board, and I'm talking about the true blue bloods, the Carolinas, the Kansases, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, and boy, when you start the board at 18-1 to 1 to cut down the nets, this is, what year is this? I mean, you don't right. see this very often. No, not very often. Um, and yet they're all, they're they're going to be on the two and three line, right? Most of, right? Even I, the first rankings the committee put out had Carolina as the overall five seed, right? They were the first seed out of the twos, the highest <laughs> right. seed out of the twos. Then they dropped in the poll. I mean, they only lost. They lost two conference games. They beat Duke pretty impressively at home. So I think that if they get a decent win today, they'll be back, or at least if they haven't left that two line. So they're not that far off. But they're when you're talking about the one lines they're not in that conversation either, those four teams. And Kentucky is a team, speaking of the Blue Bloods, that I thought early in the year, I said, I'm going to I'm gonna get a, a stake in this team because I thought they shot the three better yep. than past versions. And Cal will coach these guys up by the time March comes on the defensive end and to rebound the ball. And then you watch them give up 90-plunk points in four out of five games, and, nice. and they're just questions. And they went to Auburn and played great. Very tough spot going to LSU. This will be interesting today against Alabama, the real measure of this team. 28 to 1 for Kentucky to cut down the Nets uh, come April, March, April, in, in March Madness. What's fascinating to me, again, you know, social media knows all. All of a sudden, I was told that Cal can't coach anymore, oh, yeah. right? All we right. got to fire Cal because, you know, well, because of the stretch that they had. But all teams seem like, like maybe th- this side of UConn. And UConn had it last year, and that's why they were a four seed in the NCAA tournament, where they played that terrible stretch of basketball. Mm-hmm. And then they look like the best team by far come March last year. And I know that the favorites again to, to, to at five to one to cut down the nets again, but are we forgetting that? Yeah. Kentucky still has pieces. And if they can put it somewhat together at 28 to one, that doesn't feel like a terrible number to have. I like Kentucky at 28 to one better than I like Carolina or Kansas at 20 to one. Uh, I like the two teams with the, with the higher odds there, Duke too. I feel, I feel 
like it will be very bracket dependent for Kentucky on the teams that they have to play. Yeah. And our good friend Hoops Peterson, who's yeah. who's moved up closer to primetime now with his show, he's very adamant about college basketball future betting that you should not be betting national championship wagers until Selection Sunday. So we know and the so, path. And so I'll listen to him. I mean, his podcast is only six hours today that he did for today's games. <laughs> Think he knows anything about college basketball? He knows a thing or two. Yeah, and, and by the way, it is. It, look, and then all of a sudden you'll go, well, you get this great draw, then you get the great number. Well, that's luck of the draw and where these seeds are. But I think the point is that you're looking at potentially if Tennessee right now is the fourth shortest favorite on the board at 13-1. to 1, I'm not saying they're going to be a one seed, but you just normally don't get that with potential seeds. That's how, how dominant I think – People view UConn and or Purdue. Houston with a nice win today uh, in overtime against Baylor. Baylor with a great comeback. And Houston still ends up uh, covering the number, uh, laying two and a half, I think it closed there. They're plus 850. So it feels like because we have a strong two, maybe some other teams that could be on the one and two line are getting longer odds than they normally would. I'm not there with Purdue. I mean, Joe Barry Carroll in 1980 is the last time they made the Final Four, right? JVC. Yeah, Joe, Joe barely cares, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Can you imagine Gene Cady with all those teams in the 80s and 90s never made a Final Four, and then Painter? I mean, it's spin the wheel. Are you going to lose to an 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, or 16? I I can't get over them losing a Little Rock a few years ago. When they were on up double digits. I had them five to one just to get out of that region as yeah. the one seed that year, and they couldn't even get oh. close to that. So. Per don't, there's, yeah. there's a lot of history there. I have to see it. So for me, so somebody said, we put up this week the UConn-Purdue versus the field. Yeah. And UConn-Purdue is is uh, plus 270 and the field was minus 330. I said, why don't you lay 330 and then take, U- take UConn, you could find plus 550 in some spots, right? And Purdue beats you. If they beat you, they beat you. Come You're on. okay with that. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. Well, well yeah, I yeah. mean, that's an angle. It, correct. And again, they've got the player of the year. Zach Eady's going yeah. to win national player of the year. The, the odds are ridiculous in yeah. his favor, uh, which is saying something that, look, UConn doesn't even have. Purdue's got the runaway best player, in air quotes, in college basketball this year. And yet UConn, another 250 shorter than what Purdue has. And then you do get to Houston at plus 850. Look, they found offense today, certainly in the first half. First struggled. half, they look great. They looked unbelievable. And that's, you know, I saw it again on social media. It's like, hey, when they score like this, yeah. they can't be beat. Can they? I mean, are they going to have to do that to beat a UConn, potentially? I think this team might be a little better than his past versions. Um, but you're always worried about... They come up against a team that can shoot the three and they don't have a field goal for eight minutes at some point in the game. And that's where they go down. But you can almost almost pencil them into the elite eight every year. Right. And and the defense does travel. You would you would like to hope that that would would be able to travel and make another deep run in the NCAA tournament. Okay, Mike, when we get back, let's talk more about a big game today for Kentucky at home against Bama uh, coming off a loss as it's been a struggle for Kentucky. Uh, as of late. So we'll talk about that and some other numbers moves when you come back with us right here on Live Bet Saturday. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you haven't checked it out already, what are you waiting for? We've got articles each and every day that are up right now, and I believe that Brian Ortega, our steam producer, is going to have something up on the Oscars. Already does. Oh, wow. It's already up there right now, so check out the new website at vsan.com and check it out today. Can't believe that it didn't make the headlines in Bill 80's daily email. Like if Brian's got a write up about the Oscars and you can bet on this stuff, mm-hmm. how does it not lead the website? Should lead what it. are we doing? Should lead it. It should lead it. We're going to, again, that's going to be a highly anticipated segment today to uh, get to Brian's Oscar picks. He's broken it down. And, and I kid, but you can wager on this stuff, which is insane to me, but that's why we're going to break it down because that's what we do at an all sports gambling network uh let's get to today's matchup we talked a little bit about kentucky big picture let's just talk about today in specifics this is a number that when it opened was about even against alabama today uh down there do they still call it rup arena or is that it is. it is still rup okay. it's a lot you know, it's still a lot i didn't know I, i'm I, sure I it'll be canceled either. at some point uh <laughs> kentucky is now up to being a two and a half point favorite against bama with a super high total of 176 so if we like Kentucky, not saying that we like them at 28 to one to cut down the net, but at some point we do need to see what you saw, Mike, earlier in the year, which is they can shoot it, hence the high total. We know Bama can score. There's no doubt about this. Is this a nice bounce back spot for the Cats? I played the total. I played over 175 and a half. The pace of this Alabama team to me is incredible. I don't know how they can run their motors that high, and they never seem to pause. Yep. Right? They want to get the shot up before 10 seconds into the clock. It's a three or it's a layup. And if you get a team that wants to run with them like LSU, I mean, then it's going to be over 200. I thought this game might get higher to 177, 177 and a half, because I thought I'd have a little spot where maybe I could just get off and have a couple point middle. Not a big play. It's a very small play. But I hope at some point I have an advantage. I'm, this is a game I'm looking to in-game middle of total. You look at, at Alabama right now leading the SEC. And again, sometimes we talk about this all the time. It's not a fade of Bama if you play Kentucky today. It's, nope. a, it's a one-day fade, if you will. We talk about like defense for Houston traveling. That offense for Bama is going to travel as well. So is this a team, when you look at the SEC and kind of prognosticating into the second season of March, do you like their offense that much, Mike, that you think, hey, they're just going to be a tough out for somebody? It's, it's difficult because when you get to the tournament, it slows down, right? Just like the NBA. When you get to it's a diff, the playoffs are a different game. The tournament is often a different, especially if you get to the second week and it becomes a half court possession by possession game. They're awfully talented, though. And, and I think Oates is a very, very good coach. Yep. So I think they have an eye upside. They're doing the wars every night in and night out in the SEC. So I don't mind if you want to take a look at them having a bright future in the tournament. 11 and 2 in conference, 19 and 7 overall for Bama. You see that first half total of 83 and a half. So, again, you do the math. Sometimes people go, well, I'm getting a discounted price if I like the over like you do at 175 and a half now up to 176. But the danger there is you don't necessarily foul like you're going to foul away. Do you get involved in those first half totals when you Only if I want an under. Oh. If I want an under because I don't want to deal with the situation at the end of the game where they start fouling, you know, down 12 with a minute left. Right. I I lost a total – 2005 
regional final, Illinois and Louisville. I could fade 39 in the last four minutes and couldn't because of the foul. They started fouling with two and a half minutes left. Uh, or was it with Arizona and Illinois? Anyhow, it was the Illinois that year they went to the final and yeah. got beat by Carolina. With, that with team. That, that, Darren Williams. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, that yeah, team. Yeah. You know, the big three they had there. Yep. Right? But that, that, the final, that regional final, because the fouling started so early, ballooned out. I mean, I could fade 39 in four minutes and I lost the total. And that's like pulling the goaltender with four minutes to go in regulation in the Patrick NHL. Patrick Waugh pulled the goaltender with 11 minutes left. 11 minutes Down left. Down 3-0 the other night. Oh, my. It's a good thing to remember when you're betting hockey totals that Waugh's going to do stuff like that. That will drive you crazy if you have an under. And that's why I, don't, I only bet first and second period unders. There's a, I, I don't think, want to get into the distorted play at the end of games. <laughs> That's what we're seeing. Uh, guns up in Lubbock. Texas Man. Tech is going to go to UCF today. Right now, we're seeing UCF small fave uh, one low total today. When you certainly when you go by Alabama, Kentucky standards of 176. This is at 140. Uh, money line here play would be UCF minus a dollar 15 and Texas Tech at minus a dollar five. Chris Beard's not walking through that door. Red Raiders now they're up to two on this number here. I, what's I, I would I, I say what's wrong with me this number? I would make, you know, I would I would have made Texas Tech a favorite in this game, mm. and now UCF one and a half one one and a half to two. So something I'm missing here. It's very fishy this line to me. Pass. So again, kind of like the Duke game where, where you see the number yeah. going in the direction you don't expect it to go. That's when you stay away. Fishy, fishy. Unless I have a really. And I'll be honest, I haven't seen UCF play enough. I'm just, I'm looking at, at numbers. The numbers yeah. yeah, I'm just looking at the numbers. I've seen Texas Tech play because watching more Big 12 than, than not and, and, have, and having them more national games than UCF. Um, so when I don't have a feel because I don't know that much and the number goes the other way, then I just lay off of it. A game that you are interested yeah. in today that you do have action on is UNC laying the two and a half up at the... Uh, the Led Zeppelin Center against Virginia, <laughs> laying two and a half. When you look at that again, and that total's 131 now. So, again, now down we're seeing 130 and a half, so fluctuating mm-hmm. just ever so slightly. But not a lot of movement here on the two and a half for Carolina. Um, I know some people are going to think, well, it's trappy, we, as you saw for what Virginia, what happened to them at uh, Virginia Tech, Castle Coliseum, even though Seth Curry didn't play, or, um, or uh, Del Curry didn't play in that game <laughs> for Virginia Tech. Is this something in that total that you would have any interest in, or is this just Virginia can't score enough to trust it? Yeah, I don't. I don't have a real. I know a lot of Virginia games are in the one twenty, low in twenties. Yep. Carolina wants to play at a faster pace. I'd look over just just because it's a low total for a Carolina game, and I feel Carolina will be in the lead here. So, if it's not more than twelve, though, then you run into those situations with the. The fouling at the end. So if you're playing it over, you're, you're, hope, you're hoping, right, that the game is somewhere between coming down the stretch well, between foul. 8 and 10, right? Yep. Somewhere like that. But I, I don't know that Carolina can speed up Virginia enough to be confident to play the over. I do think Carolina wins this game. I just cannot see Virginia being able to consistently shoot the basketball and score on the offensive end against a top 10 team. I, I don't see it. If they do it, more power to them. I know they'll try to muck up the game, but there's Carolina has a lot of height. And, you know, if, if they want to get this into a half-court game and they can pound the ball to Baycott, Carolina can win that as well. Uh, do they call it Bedlam in basketball? Or is it just reserved for football for Okie State and football. Oklahoma? I think it's well, only, Why wouldn't it be Bedlam and Hoops? We just have one-way Bedlam? Yeah. No Bedlam and the Hoops. Yeah. Uh, right uh, now, Oklahoma Henry, Henry Iba wasn't a fan of the turn. <laughs> <laughs> we got Hokie State at home, uh, laying a point and a half against uh, uh, Porter Moser and Oklahoma coming in now, right now, getting one and a half. Uh, big fan of Moser from my Chicago days. Huge fan of Porter Moser. He Hell is of a coach. really good coach here. Catching the point and a half again. Look, it's still a rivalry no matter how you slice it here. Uh, what do you make of this one here, which should be Bedlam, just the hoops version? Yeah, this is a home court play. Uh, you know, they're why Oklahoma State's favorite. I like Oklahoma, though. I tend to try to find spots to play Oklahoma. Kind of a coin flip for me today. Yep. It would be Oklahoma or pass, though, if you told me to be interested in this game. You know, unlike sometimes we talk about in football all the time, under three, sometimes you're going to yep. play money lines here. You can get plus five, issuing the point and a half. For Oklahoma, would you play? Would you be long-term success to get the more value there? Or do you say, hey, a lot of games end one. We know in college basketball right down to the wire. 
Well, it's also 108, so it's not 110. So that plays into the math here of, of, of what that move is. Mm -hmm. I, typically, uh, I typically, in a spot like this, will take the, will take the point and a half, the two, um, rather than the money line, just because, especially in a game that, that's a, a rivalry game and you figure it's going to be close down to the end, I might need that point and a half. It's amazing because a lot of people go, oh, just, just, just play it money. Yeah, sometimes it will come down to that last possession, down one, up one, uh, and that point could come in, a point and a half here for Oklahoma if you're on their side. Georgia Tech against Miami. Uh, big fan of Coach L's. Had him back in my George Mason days, back when they went to the Final Four, uh, back in the mid two thousands. Now Florida, uh, Miami, Florida is laying eight against the Ramblin' Wreck. Too big a number for you? A little big. Miami very inconsistent. Uh, Up to nine, but yeah, very inconsistent for for me. Um, hard to play on them because they're very good or they're not very good in 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 some of these games. So I will pass here. Georgia Tech has has not been great, but has. Pulled a few surprises along the way here in the ACC. Seems a bit much tonight. What do you make of what Coach L has done now? It's a football school. It's always going to yeah. be a football school. It's hard to get people really enthused. But after the run they made last year, it feels like it's it's translating. And yeah. at least every year you can kind of look at Miami Ford and say, yeah, they can play hoops. Well, I think he'll have them right there in the tournament every year. And, you know, are they a Sweet 16 team? Can they pull a few upsets and make the Elite Eight and possibly – a Final Four. He's lent credibility to a program that has been dormant for a long, long time. Yeah, and uh, once you get to the second season, you do look at coaches a lot, and which coaches you might be able to ride. Uh, coach L might be one of those coaches. How much longer has he got? Well, I, I hope uh, keep coaching, Al. Yeah. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Colby Dance going to join us next to talk more college basketball when you come back with us as we continue right here on Live Bet Saturday. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSAN experts have got you covered. Become a VSAN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. Visit VSAN.com slash pro to subscribe today. That's VSAN.com slash pro. Pro. Dave Ross, Mike Palm coming at you here from Circus Sportsbook. A pleasure to welcome into the program Colby Dant from the College Experience. You can follow him on X at the Colby D. And Colby, Mike and I have been talking a little bit about kind of the, the blue bloods in college basketball this year. Looking at Kansas, Duke, uh, Kentucky, certainly. We'll get into the Wildcats and their game against Alabama. Are the blue bloods down or can we now include UConn as a new blue blood? Is that fair? I mean, I think UConn qualifies. You win five national championships. I think they qualify. Uh, whether maybe not historically pre Jim Calhoun, but uh, <laughs> yes, in my mind, they're a blue blood. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the blue bloods. To your earlier point or or question, um, I do think blue bloods are a little bit down, but I don't know if it's that or just there's a neutralizer called the transfer portal, mm. and uh, you know, getting those one and dones. It's it's an interesting thing. Do you grab a couple? Is there an exact science on how to do this? Because Calipari hasn't looked great, you know, considering, you know, the shift once the, the portal really started to become a factor over the past three or four years. Uh, so I, I think it's a mix of that. So now now your your mid majors can go out and get, you know, so many different and, and basketball, I think, is also played more than it's ever been. Uh, so I think you get that. It's a mixture of everything. That's why you see San Diego States and Florida Atlantic's, uh, you know, in the Final Four. And I, I mean, really, ever since like mid two thousands, you've seen a lot of mid majors make the Final Four, just not win it. So uh, I, I think a lot of that is, is the portal. A lot of that is basketball is being played more and more. But yeah, the Blue Bloods are down though. We'll be speaking to John Calipari, Kentucky. They said their issues on the defensive end of the court last Saturday, though, on the plains of Auburn, played a great game. A uh, huge road victory, tough spot going to Baton Rouge during the week. But they come back home now, the premier matchup of the afternoon with the ranked teams facing off against Alabama, who leads, sits atop the SEC. Kentucky, a short two-and-a-half home home favorite. You like a side in this game? I do. I, I like Big Blue Nation to get back on it. You know, Alabama, 
you know, Nate Oates has a great, I mean, it's been a great hire in Tuscaloosa for Nate Oates, but you know, they, he runs that Paul Westhead offense and look, I get it. They're number one in offensive efficiency and you know, credit to them, but Kentucky's a top 20 offense too. They're number 18 in the nation. And you, you add in that with, to me, a team that's growing up before our eyes, Rod Dillon, Rob Dillingham is going to be a top 10 pick in the NBA draft. Uh, you mix that with Antonio Reeves, the veteran starting to come along. And then that other young talent, DJ Wagner, Reed Shepard, and the fact that they, you know, they've had some tough, some tough losses at home. I think they get back on track. And I, I think that the fact that Kentucky's the better defensive team, you know, Alabama can do all this stuff, you know, but at, at most of it happens at home. I feel like when they hit the road, you know, that's when you question them. And obviously the NCAA tournament, they haven't got past the sweet 16 ever. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I like Kentucky to, to take care of business there at home. You know, it's, it's amazing to hear Kentucky's the better defensive team, but that's what we expect today. Uh, even though we have a super high total today in that one up to 176. let's stay with that blue blood theme a little bit today with Kansas. They're going to host Texas, uh, here uh, coming into the fog and the number's gone up from seven up to eight. I'm seeing now, do you like Kansas today and bigger picture? Do they have enough depth that they can run and win a couple games on a weekend? Or do you think their depth just runs out on, them? you know, I've been a little bit of a skeptic of this year's team. Uh, I don't think they're as good as the traditional bill selves teams, but at the same time, I like them today. You know, in Texas, this is the final time Texas is coming into Lawrence. And I, I highly doubt they'll put this game on the schedule in the future, unless it's in Madison square garden or Hawaii or something at the Maui, uh, Maui tournament there. Uh, so Texas also swept them last year. I think Kansas knows all this. I think bill self knows this. I, I really think the Jayhawks get up here. You know, some of the veterans, I know Dickinson wasn't on the team last year, but a lot of their team, uh, you know, is veterans that have been on this team before. So I think they all remember that. I think the the city of Lawrence is going to let them know. And I wouldn't even be surprised if they storm the court, even though they're an eight point <laughs> favorite. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, Kansas numbers are a little skewed too. Kansas numbers. They've had a lot of injuries, you know, players missing games here and there. Uh, I do think they're a little bit better than their numbers represent. And then, you know, Texas has been bad on the road this year. And, you know, I, I think Rodney Terry's uh, one that a lot of Longhorn fans are wondering to see our answer long-term. Um, but yeah, I think the Jayhawks get it done here. I think they're going to be able to limit Max Acemas, uh from a defensive st- standpoint uh, and to be able to just ride that momentum at the home stadium there. What's worse, Mike, if they did horns down or storm the court as eight point favorites, I don't know. <laughs> Colby, I want to talk about a game that just tipped in Oxford because a lot of our folks watching are obviously attacking in-game angles, South Carolina at Mississippi. They played this game a couple weeks ago in Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina came off beating Kentucky at home, going and winning as a 13-and-a-half-point dog at Tennessee. They were a three-and-a-half-point favorite on that day. They built a 17-point lead early in the second half. Mississippi came storming back and actually had a couple shots to tie the game in the last 30 seconds, losing by three and covering. Today in Oxford, Mississippi goes off a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, this one. Uh, and by the way, uh, thanks for reminding me because I was on South Carolina that game. Uh, that was uh, that was tough, tough after being up so many points. But uh, look, I, I was very high on South Carolina in the preseason, but I didn't think they'd be this good. I thought they were going to be able to maybe be a bubble team, but they've been very impressive. Lamont Paris should be mentioned for for you know among the names of for coach of the year in my opinion. But I, I think it's just a bad spot. Chris Beard and Ole Miss. I think they're twelve and twelve or thirteen and one at home. And uh, coming off of the egg, the egg bowl loss on the hardwood there against Mississippi state. And they've really faded. I think they've won four of the last 10. Uh, They got to get their stuff together. And I think they're in the more desperate spot. I think that the pavilion will, we rock in that home crowd behind them. All the difference. Uh, I like laying the three and I, well, I don't know what the live number is, but I, I liked it coming into it. Uh, uh, Ole Miss, I think would probably win a game by seven or eight points, but yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that because South Carolina should have beat LSU. They, they've had a knack for, for doing that lately of blowing big time leads. Uh, and this is obviously such a pivotal game, especially considering Bama could lose at Kentucky today and put South Carolina, if South Carolina wins, they could be right back in the mix for the sec, you know? So, um, but I lean Ole Miss. I think the fact, and another thing is I love Chris Beard in the second game. 
historically at Texas and Texas tech, you know, the second game, he makes a lot of uh, defensive adjustments to really limit the offense and really kind of make the other team feel awkward. So uh, I, I like, I like the rebels to get it done there. Enjoying our conversation with Colby Dant from the college experience. And uh, I got a text this morning from my buddy, Tim Doyle. He's, mm. ca- he's calling the Georgetown DePaul game today. And I said, do you get to play at some point in this game? It, you know, it's like, it's not a game that anybody else is going to be talking about, but you look at Georgetown favorite on the road in Chicago today against DePaul laying four and a half. Should Georgetown be four and a half point favorites against anybody? I actually thought it would be higher. I actually thought it would be higher. I thought it was, I thought it was going to be six and a half, seven. So I, I'm very weary, but yeah, I mean, I get your point, but I mean, have you watched the Paul this year and factor on the interim coach? I feel like they might've quit already. Um, I mean, look, picking the, some of the games the past couple of weeks, you're getting like 28 points in DePaul and I'm just sitting there. I reluctantly, I'm like, they, they can't be this bad. I'll give you the 28. They lose by 34, you know? So, so I actually think Georgetown's the right side of it. The, the line actually stinks a little bit to me because I, like I said, I thought it was supposed to be from the way I projected, it, I thought it'd be around seven, seven and a half. So at four and a half, I am very weary of it, but I think Ed Cooley, you can't lose this game, Ed. You know what I mean? You can't, you got to go there, win this game, give the fans a little hope for next year. I know it's year one, but uh, give me Georgetown minus four and a half. I just wonder where the pulse is at with this, uh, with this DePaul team. Eight o'clock Eastern five o'clock Pacific Texas A&M at Tennessee, Tennessee. Now fourth choice to win the national championship ahead of Arizona after Arizona's loss midweek. A lot of points though here, 10 and a half Colby. Yeah, that's a little too much for me. I mean, I know they're 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 really good in Knoxville. I mean, South Carolina I think is the only team that's beat them in Knoxville. I think they're twelve and one, if memory serves me correct. And then you add in A and M. I mean, good luck figuring out A and M this year because I, I I thought they would show up against Arkansas and put you know and take them down. It's such a critical game. I like them in the points though here. You know, they're a veteran team. I don't understand how they're struggling this much. They're a veteran team. And to me, when you hit the road, veteran teams, that's how you normally, you know, win in college basketball or at least cover, you know, they're getting a big number, but AM's proven they've gone on the road to tough spots and gotten wins, but they've also recently just, you know, got blown out at Bama. I thought they would cover, but buzz Williams. I mean, there's talking about him on the hot seat now, all of a sudden it's such a pivotal year in college station, but I just think a and M can hang in this game. The, you know they're both top uh, hundred offenses. I know Rick Barnes in Knoxville is normally a beast in the regular season, but the Buzzsaw is an underdog I always love, and uh, they actually you know have been struggling on the defensive side of the ball. But I think this veteran unit can come together for one game, make a push. I wouldn't be surprised. You know it sounds crazy. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a two possession game. Ooh. You know with with five minutes left, but. It's the real question of which A&M team are we going to get. But I'm going to count on them with their veteran leadership there, plus the points. Colby, enjoyed the conversation, man. Appreciate the uh, the time and the information. It's the best time of the year, almost March. Appreciate you. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you. There he is, Colby Dan. Everybody give him a follow on X at the Colby D. When we come back, Mike, let's talk some NFL offseason. You can never talk enough NFL. Live this Saturday continues in a moment. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, this week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can bet and deposit just $5 and get a no sweat bet up to 1000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app, use promo code VSIN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown could be all yours. We have drama in Tucson. Remember, like, you're like, ah, man, I should have played Arizona today and laid the 17. Not over. It's not over. It's not over. Seven, where we are getting to that under eight timeout. And right now, Arizona, that lead that was over 20? 22. I saw. Could have been more. It was down to nine. And right now, it's sitting at 12. If I made you right now take Arizona laying the, the original 17 or Washington taking the points, which way would you go? Seven and a half to go. Well, I'd have to take it. You have to take. The I'd have to take it just on the math, but Is I wouldn't it, like it. No, it would be a sweat. It's well, because gonna, I feel that the flow of the game will take that a little bit back towards the number. Okay, how about the Duke game? Duke right now sixty four sixty three over Wake Forest. I seven. I'd plus still take Duke in this, but they were just down four. They could come back. It's a tight game though. Yeah, Randolph Childress is not playing for Wake Forest. Well, he was tough, wasn't he? How many one ACC tournament run that guy was oh, on? Scoring forty a night. He didn't miss. He was unbelievable. Skinny little guy. And then he couldn't play at the next level. No. Go, go figure. Uh, the next level for the NFL, uh, it's going to be a while, but the next level will be the NFL draft. But also, when you, you talk a little draft before we get into this sour sure. cap, here's my only question. Bring it. If you're sitting at number two oh. with the commander. Yes. Is this really a choice? I mean, are they really going to draft Drake May? I mean, the Bears ha- have to take Williams because... Well, you, you can make him a, an offer they can't review. Yeah. Right? If you do that... But if it comes down to one. Drake May... Or, or Jaden Daniels. Or Jaden Daniels. Who apparently is skyrocketing up the board, but he's already at three, so how far can he skyrocket? I mean, to me, like betting the trifecta of how the top three picks are going to go would be an interesting... As people roll out like their draft spots in, in most states other than Nevada. So you would go Caleb one, yeah. Drake May two, Jaden... No, uh, the other way. Oh, you'd go Jaden two. I think Jaden's going to get taken two. And then you're going to go Drake, May Drake May three to yes. the Patriots. Yes. Wow. Here's the thing. I, you know, I can't get past the theory of, and this is a couple weeks ago, I was thinking this, it, does, it seems like it's losing steam. But when you get Dan Quinn in D.C., okay, and mm-hmm. then who's his hire for the O.C.? It's Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. who was on the SC staff last year with Caleb Williams. So I, I like immediately connect those dots because remember mm-hmm. – Cliff interviewed with the Bears, right? Yeah. Well, wouldn't you like? Wouldn't you hire Cliff Kingsbury to be your OC if you're Matt Eberflus? If you're going to, you're one thousand percent going to draft Caleb Williams. Like, I'm trying to connect those dots. He doesn't get that job. Then he comes out here to the desert. He's got an agreement <laughs> in principle, whatever the hell that means. Handshake deal. Remember that from uh, what was the uh, the draft movie 
with Tom Cruise. Oh, my God. Well, he said, you know, Jerry Maguire. Thank you, Brian, our movie buff. Right. Because I'm still kind of taken by your stronger than my word is my oak. Right. Like we've got an agreement in principle, but nothing's signed that falls apart. And then he takes the commander's job. So I kind of go, wouldn't then you think that you'd be in play to trade up to number one to get Caleb Williams if you're going the Cliff Kingsbury route? Like to me, if I'm hiring Cliff, that was the whole reason why he got the Arizona job was the king, Kyler Murray. Remember, he'd said, hey, if I was an NFL head coach and I had the number one pick, I'd take Kyler Murray. Then all of a sudden became an NFL coach and he had the number one pick and he drafted Kyler Murray. Like to me, you you got to give the guy the tools he wants if you're going that route. So I don't think well, it's then do dead. You think, I mean, for the for them to flip flop with the Bears, right? And that's what they'd have to do. What what would the Bears? The, the Bears would have to be re, remarkably high on one of the other two. Yes, and I got to get three number ones. Yeah. I got to swap your one, yep. and I got to get two, two future more. ones. Because again, my my DC days. Is Caleb Williams worth. The, the then Redskins and Mike Shanahan did it for Rod, Robert Griffin the third. Mm. They swapped their ones and got two future ones. And I said, well, coach, you got to be. That was just to go to number two because that was the Andrew yeah. Luck draft. And I said, coach, you got to be give up three number ones. He goes, well, it's just two number ones. And I go, well, you <laughs> swap ones and then got two. Well, no, it's just two number ones. Mm, that's semantics. But that's how much you would have to think that the Bears yeah. have to swap positions and get two future ones. If that, And I'm not saying that, that if you really believe Caleb Williams is the generational talent that some do, then that wouldn't even be good enough. Because you would have to say, I, I'm convinced that this is a guy we can win Super Bowls with. Am I convinced that with Drake May and Jaden Daniels? Like that That's, to me, where the conversation is to begin and end. If I'm Kevin Warren, if I'm, you know, uh, Ryan Poles in the front office of the Bears, I got to make sure that those are the questions we're asking. Because if, if we really believe, Bears, that that is what Caleb Williams is, then there's no price tag. Right. You can't get the number one pick. Because that's how much we believe in this kid. I think for polls, I mean, if you don't take him, for however you do this and whatever you get back, and he turns out to be what people said, that's what we remembered for, and you won't have a job next year. You'll be fired. Yeah. So it, it kind of gets down to what happened with Frank Reich last year in Carolina, halfway through the year. Now, reportedly, if those who don't remember, this time last year, the favorite to go number one in the NFL draft in the betting market was C.J. Stroud at this time. And then all of a sudden we get, well, you know, Frank Reich wanted to draft, allegedly, he wanted to draft C.J. Stroud. And he was number one on the board at the time, over a $2 betting favorite. And everything flipped, right? And we heard the yeah. owner, well, the owner wanted Bryce Young. We saw how that played out. And then the owner fires the coach because he didn't like basically saying, I wanted the other guy. And that's how that played out. So the jobs will be on the line sooner than later if the Bears, for whatever reason, don't get the guy that everybody is convinced is supposed to be the second coming of whatever. I think they're forced into it. Because of the media. Yes, because of the narrative, Dave. They're forced to do it. Well, I tell you what. I if, don't think he's going to be anything, honestly. So you would trade out of the spot? I, I would. I would. Then that takes conviction. I, I just don't think that he's a generational quarterback. I question his leadership. I question some of these zany antics of his... Right? I, I, is it, no, I think that's fair I, to do that. I, I question the intangibles. And he also, he played a very loosey-goosey style. He doesn't protect the ball. He makes all these throw, uh, unconventional throws. I don't, I don't know that he has the mentality. Maybe he's got the arm. I, don't, I just don't see it. Again, these are fair questions. And by the way, it's uh, minus $9 that the Bears are going to draft, that the Bears will draft Caleb Williams. doesn't mean yeah. it has to be the number one pick right. uh, necessarily. <laughs> But these are fair questions to ask. And I, people get, they're like, oh, you can't say that. about." Well, no, this is, a, this is your, your job is on the line. Grown men, Kevin Warren, right? Yep. This is Ryan Poles. You guys won't have these jobs if you, you get this wrong. I remember when uh, uh, kids coming out of uh, South Carolina there as the number one pick and a generational talent at defense. And Steve well, Spurrier he, <laughs> was his head coach. And he said, well, yeah. what do you think of Jadavion? He said, well, Jadavion's going to play when Jadavion wants to play. And people took <laughs> yeah. that as a slight. Well, that's been well, his career, mm -hmm. right? When properly motivated, that was the point. So you can ask these questions because these are going to be the decisions that are going to affect your team for potentially 10 years. Ryan Leaf, right? people forget this. It was not a slam dunk that Peyton Manning was going to go one. There were a lot of GMs that thought that Ryan Leaf was on par with Peyton Manning. How did that work out? Cut that off!
<laughs> and then all of a sudden he's yelling at people rookie year. And we saw junior say, I was got to get in the locker room. And, and like, you, these are questions you have to ask about temperament, leadership. And a, a lot of these buzzwords that people think are somehow derogatory towards the player. No, these are real questions that you have to ask. By the way, Jaden Daniels right now slotted to go third to the Patriots. Don't they have a quarterback that they drafted in the first round a couple <laughs> years ago? How'd that work out? So these are the reasons why I think it's fair to ask these questions because everything that glitters is not gold. And if you don't get the right guy, again, Jerry Glanville, as he said famously, NFL stands for not for long. And you won't have those positions of power anymore if you don't get these right. So really it is, do the commanders want to trade up, offer a King's ransom like they did years ago for Robert Griffin III? That didn't work out, did for one year. Or stand pat at two, let the Bears do what they're going to do with Caleb Williams at one, and then have the choice that you made at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah, well, we'll see if the Bears are willing. And at, right. th at three, then if you're the Patriots, do you take what's left over? Are you high on Drake May? You know, we shouldn't do this because it was an Ohio State thing, right? For Ohio State quarterbacks are not good. And then C.J. Stroud kind of breaks that mold. Well, Arch Schleister. People forgot about Arch, Arch Schleister. Schleister. He had some action on the game. Yeah, yeah, he did. But, but, but the thing He's here with the, with the commanders, they, they've got a kid in Carolina right now and Sam Howell. Mm -hmm. So are you going to draft the I think Sam Howell's better than everybody gives him credit for, too. He, he's getting sacked the most times every year. I, I, did, I think they said they were the first team ever to throw the most interceptions and have the most sacks. I mean, Ooh. that speaks a lot to the offensive line. I, I don't think Sam Howell's awful. Everybody said, oh, Jacoby Brissett's coming in. There were three points better on the line. I said, are you kidding me? The guy's a statue. That's three years ago he was a statue. He couldn't move. He's that much better than Sam Howell? Before you place your best people in the draft, remember these conversations because they're going to affect the numbers. They're going to change. What is cemented today won't become April. So just a little food for thought out there. I'll be of a time later on in the show. We'll get back to oh, some yeah. we'll NFL do this, talk. We'll do some uh, sour cap. Absolutely love it. <laughs> Let's talk about some bubbles that might burst in the NCAA tournament and some odds associated with it. Come on back. Hour number two straight ahead here for Live Bet Saturday. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.